third time in four years, Toronto FC are into the Eastern Conference Finals after defeating NYCFC on a late Alejandro Pozuelo penalty. City Field has never been kind to the home team, and that was the case once again last night as New York City looked sluggish after coming off a first-round bye. We will talk about yet another big boy win in the Big Apple for the Reds on this week's special edition, Waking the Red Roundtable. I'm joined tonight by Benedict Rhodes, Jeff Nesker, and Michael Singh. You could say it's a pretty effing good team. Ben, uh, you haven't been uh, on the podcast in a minute, so we'll start with you. Uh, we spoke at length on, on last week's show about how NYCFC are, were easily the class of the Eastern Conference this year, um, one of the best teams in all of MLS. So in your mind, what did Toronto FC do to uh, basically stifle everything NYCFC tried to do, especially in that first half, and now in the end eliminate what is what was probably the best team in the conference? I'm not sure so much what Toronto FC did, but it's more what New York City FC didn't do, if that makes sense. I, th- I think New York City made a lot of mistakes, and Toronto FC kind of just capitalized on them. And I think they just they just sort of played their game, and essentially I think that's what, that's what got them to win in the end. I'm, uh, Jeff was shaking his head there, so I'm going to go to him right away on this. Well, I, I, I think that undervalues uh, how dominant TFC were in the first half, and then... Uh, what kind of gumption that it took out of them to come back after a pretty solid 20 minutes where NYFC were on the front, NYCFC uh, were on the front foot and uh, could have easily uh, gone to one up or, or, or more. Um, you know, I've heard, I, I think I'm still a bit sensitive because that's the same party line we were hearing after Canada beat the U.S. that, you know, oh, Canada didn't win it, the U.S. lost it. And I, I, I don't like that that commentary. I, I think that that undervalues uh, what TFC brought to the table. And and we 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 uh, you know we had higher expected goals. We won the stats battle. Uh, so yeah, I I, I I think TFC won that game. Um, they you know the, those mistakes didn't happen in a vacuum. Uh, we forced those mistakes to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's not like NYCFC were playing themselves. So uh, that that's my take. Michael, you have anything to add here? Yeah, I guess I'm going to have to step in and play a mediator between the <laughs> again, as I often probably have to do in the chat. So um, I'm going to have to say maybe both of you are correct here. Uh, I mean, TFC did a great job there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you guys are happy about that. TFC did a great <laughs> job there uh, pressing, as Jeff alluded to there. Uh, they had a game plan, and, you know, I, I, I tweeted it out. They deserve better at half. I was disappointed that they, honestly, a little bit scared that they didn't take advantage Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, take a lead at going into half. But credit to them, they they came out again. Pause. You know, he he he's a difference maker. And hey, you know, we we forced them into making mistakes, as Ben said as, as well. So uh, credit to TFC all around. Great great effort. Michael, you also tweeted out, and we'll come right back to you here about yeah. the the midfield and how you know with with all of those midfield technicians in there, they were able to on a small pitch move the ball very quickly, L- little passes but quick passes that were um, very difficult for NYCFC to defend. Um, you know how important was that in, in the way Toronto FC were able to, especially in that first half, kind of come out and and control the tempo right away. Yeah, I think uh, Toronto FC are showing a lot of people that they're they're better than people maybe thought they were. Um, they can keep the ball with the best of them, and they showed that in a tight space in New York. I'm sure Greg Vanny practiced that uh, going in. I'm sure he made his pitch there at uh, Downsey Park a lot smaller at the BMO <laughs> practice facility. But uh, credit to them again. They, they were able to keep the ball when they needed to, 
uh, Nicholas Benazet especially he impressed me in in tight spaces tight areas and he his return to the team playing next to pause who's playing through the middle which I think is a huge huge um, upgrade when versus when he's on the wing um, definitely helped Toronto FC keep the ball a lot and uh, hey credit yeah, the uh, under sevens pitch at Downview's probably got a bunch of work this week. Um, but uh, Benedict, uh, a- again, a-, a real incredible performance from Alejandro Pozuelo. Uh, he now has five goals, one assist in three games against NYCFC. Um, we, you know, we were we were talking earlier this week about how there there were some points this season where we were almost concerned that he was getting really frustrated and, and might actually want to you know leave this project before it really even started but things have turned around in a big way and that was you know that was a performance up there with with you know you, you don't want to put it with some of the 2017 performances just cuz we know the final product yet but that was one of the you know better playoff performances we've seen from a Toronto CDP certainly yeah i'd say i go as far as saying that was the best performance of 2019 certainly Maybe maybe the best over the last two seasons. Uh, I think like overall, I don't, I wouldn't say that anyone on TFC played poorly, uh, necessarily. Um, said they looked like they were playing as a team as opposed to give the ball to Alejandro Pozuelo, like we saw a bit earlier in the season. <laughs> like I think now we're sort of seeing him use his teammates a lot more and teammates not afraid to pass to someone other than Pozuelo, which I think is obviously only a good thing. And uh, yeah, long may it continue. Jeff, what is it about Toronto FC number tens and, and dominance in the Big Apple? Because uh, Poswell seems yeah. to have their number as well. Yeah, I mean TFCs. They have uh, TFCs number tens really, really do well in in the Big Apple, especially. Uh, I mean. How, you can't write a better narrative than than Pozuelo uh, taking a chippy Peneca for his first goal yeah. on his debut, and then uh, ending that same team season away mm-hmm. uh, with basically the same uh, uh, Peneca. Um, yeah, it, it, you know what what superlatives can I add to that? He was a beast. He had a great, great, great game, and uh, you know uh, the last time I was nervous for TFC heading into. A turbo pitch was 2016. I'm not nervous anymore. Uh, you know, I, like uh, the right from the get-go, we were on the front foot. Uh, watching Justin Morrow switch sides, you know, a fullback playing essentially as like a third forward. He's yeah. on the right sometimes. He's on the left sometimes. It was insanity. Um, like Michael, I was uh, I was pretty disappointed that we weren't a hell of a lot uh, more comfortable going into the half than uh, than being at a nil-nil draw. But these are minor concerns in what was a, a pretty splendid performance from the team. One detail I loved was Sean Johnson diving to that exact same side where Pozuelo put both of his penalties the last time he was there and then, you know, the chip. So those are the kind of mind games that get played for uh, over the space of a season. But, uh, you know, obviously... Uh, um, a pretty incredible moment there. Now, New York City FC, we were talking on, on the last show as well about this new playoff format and how potentially it might benefit some of those better teams in the conference. Now, um, you know, I think it's pretty clear it, it might not have necessarily benefited New York City, and there could be some other factors, of course. Uh, again, Toronto FC played them perfectly. They were on a new pitch, but um, Michael, they looked flat from the very start, and it took them until you know maybe the 60th minute or something, slightly before they scored that goal to to tie the game for them to even look a shade of what we've come to expect from them all, all season. Right? No, uh, they looked uh, like you said flat there uh, because perhaps they had the two weeks off in between. 
they played Chicago in that friendly, as I mentioned in the last podcast. But other than that, they haven't had game action since this decision day against Philadelphia. Um, and credit to TFC again, they took advantage. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, there's not much more to say than that. I, I was a little bit surprised to see mm-hmm. New York City come out that flat, especially in a game of this magnitude. You know, New York City's finally there. It's their moment. It's their season. They're the, they're the leaders, but hey, TFC, man, third time in four years. Let's, I, I'm, I'm almost, almost speechless. Yeah, they uh, they seem to mimic the uh, parent club does NYCFC in knockout games in terms of uh, <laughs> their ability to win oh. them. Um, uh, Benedict, um, Greg Vanny, you know, the, again, we've We've had a lot of conversations that have changed over the the space of the season, given you know how tough Toronto FC's looked at moments here and in some of the losing streaks. There, there. I mean, there was legitimate concern that Greg Vanny might lose his job, especially if Toronto had missed the playoffs. Now they get in um, two massive wins under his belt. You know, what, what, what kind of change do you think in his managerial, um, I guess, approach, or was it just the fact that you know now he has more players to work with? He he seems to. Uh, once again, be inspiring confidence among fans and, and the players as well. I think the last couple of years, he's, we've been hearing that he wanted the right players and the right formation. I think now he's finally got it, and now they're in form. And can, so we're seeing just how Greg, Greg Vanny's ideal football wants to be. And I think they're executing it and executing it very well. So I think now that they've sort of finally got the persona and the and the uh, formation, everything intact. I think, I think they're just in form, and they're kind of just riding that at the moment. Jeff, I also think uh, sorry, any sorry, um, anything about Greg Vanny's job, I think right now should be out the window. I think I think he's definitely earned himself at least a crack at next year, if not if not more than that, maybe. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, you point to that three Eastern Conference Finals in four years. I mean, that's uh, that's as good of a resume, uh, you know. Um, addition as anyone in this league can can claim um with with that being said you know we talked about the depth and there's been some questions about his use of it um you know throughout this year there's there's certainly been you know he he got Benazé and um oh man his name's blanking me which is almost a perfect <laughs> Erickson point Gallardo. Yeah, Erickson Gallardo, which is a, a perfect <laughs> so point as to his usage this season um he, he you know he's he's used Benazé but we've barely seen Gallardo uh, it seems like Endo's in favor there, but now that he has these depth pieces, he, he seems to have found a way to use them almost perfectly. I mean, Deleon off the bench once again, Larea off the bench again, um, even Mullins, you know, when Toronto FC needed an out ball during that difficult time, he, he came in and was able to to bring things down. So what do you make of, of the way he's handled his depth now and, and how he's been able to influence games, uh, you know, when maybe when they haven't necessarily going Toronto FC's way, Jeff? Well, I mean, I think it's interesting. Uh, NYCFC this year, Dome Torrent made it uh, pretty public that he was uh, uh, he wanted to emphasize tactical flexibility, and mm-hmm. Vanny coached him off the pitch last night. Um, the same could be said for uh, Vanny v. Olsen uh, in the first round with uh, with DC. Uh, Dwayne Rollins uh, put out a, another one of his Twitter polls last night. Or uh, no, it wasn't a Twitter poll. Actually, it was just a, a, a little bit of bants where he was saying, uh, "Where are all the Vanny out people?" And and there was absolutely no dialogue. I think uh, Greg <laughs> Vanny's earned his spot uh, for the foreseeable future, and uh, I think the next time the Vanny out pitchforks come uh, come out, 
I'm going to take a bit more of it. I mean, I, I'd like to think I've taken a measured approach, uh, but I've certainly flipped a couple times over the season because it's been such a wild roller coaster ride. I am going to give him a lot more patience uh, because I, I do I, I think he's he's grown as a coach. I think he's taken some licks over the last two years and he's come back stronger. So uh, yeah, I mean there there's no fault with uh, with GV. Uh, good hair, good beard. Everything's looking everything's looking looking nice for Greg this uh, this time of year. Jeff, I don't know that you've uh, ever taken a measured approach, but uh, we'll let, <laughs> we'll, let uh, we'll let Michael uh, comment on this as well if he has anything to add. Yeah, and no, Greg Vanny um, has been able to, like Jeff said, adapt when necessary. And that coaching battle between him and uh, Dome there was that was uh, that was inspiring. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I think Terence lot that that'll be Terence last game in in MLS by the way just based off some of the reports I did here yeah. uh, after the match. Uh so that's a little tidbit there but again Greg Vanny he over the course of the year we we grew frustrated about um the different types of formations that he would use, why he's doing this, why he's playing players here. Yeah. But come playoff time, that's what's shining through is his is Toronto FC's ability to play in different uh, Styles, look, Josie Altidore went down, and I think I said it maybe on my first podcast here is, is if Toronto FC lose Josie Altidore, we are screwed. Mm-hmm. But here we are <laughs> in the Eastern Conference Finals with Toronto FC not afraid who they're going to play, despite us not knowing the health status of Josie Altidore. And I'm completely okay with that. I never thought I would say that. Mm-hmm. And credit to Greg Vanny again. Ben, before I come to you, imagine. Uh... Imagine I'd uh, said that Josie Altidore would be gone and Omar Gonzalez would be gone as well and Toronto FC would be in the Eastern Conference Finals. So that's just a testament to what Greg Vanny's been able to to do over the last little bit, Benedict. Another thing you know, with Greg Vanny is a lot of the fans have been negative, but one thing that we haven't been hearing is the players turning on Vanny and obviously he hasn't lost the dressing room. Because you see the video after the game yesterday and he goes in, gives a passionate speech and all the players are fired up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously hasn't lost the dressing room. I think it's just the the fans who are being a bit sort of sensationalized. If that's the right word. So I think, I think the players seem to want Vanny to stay. So if that's the case, then let him stay. Yeah, speaking about uh, sticking around, um, it's. Uh... It came to light last night. I mean, it's something that had been reported for a while, but I think I think we even had conversations about it, but I forgot about it. Um, I think most people forgot about the fact that it was reported from The Athletic that Michael Bradley um, will be re-upped on his club option for $6.5 million automatically if Toronto FC wins MLS Cup this year. We we had the, the, the talk last uh, show about his legacy with this club, uh, Benedict. I don't know if you have anything to add, but I think the the general consensus amongst us when we we learned this last night was if he wins another MLS Cup for Toronto FC, we certainly don't care what he gets paid next year. Exactly, exactly that. I think I think a real captain would take the one million on Tam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hear it's I think, Gam. Uh, actually, someone said it would have to be Gam, not Tam, and like oh, because he's not an uh, incoming player. Yeah, hmm. give him whatever he wants. I say, <laughs> I said like one more, one more year on as a designated player. I think he's he's played well enough this year to deserve it. Obviously, I think he'd rather have the designated player spot used elsewhere if he's willing to stay on a Tam deal, as has been reported. But I think they said if he wins two MLS cups in three years, I think. As the captain and one of the most important players, most one more year, right? 
Yeah, fair enough. Um, again, as we mentioned, Toronto FC without Josie Altidore, without Omar Gonzalez as well, although he was in the 18, probably would have been used, you would think, if, if Toronto FC had held that one nothing lead a, a little bit longer and um, been trying to play out the game. But, of course, that's that's not the way things uh, happened. I guess, actually, before we get into the, the injury concerns, um, that, that might be, and I mentioned that in my piece on, over on Waking the Red, that might be the one concern with the playoff run so far as the Toronto FC has given up two leads. Down the stretch, this was an issue as well. I mean, you, you think of the LAFC game. Um, you think of others as well. They they dropped a lot of points, and, and once again, they haven't really looked great when they've uh, been in the lead in, in these matches. Um, I guess, Michael, we'll start with you. Uh, how big of a concern is that, especially, you know, again, if you're going on the road to Atlanta and then potentially... LA. I mean, those are those are not places that you want to fall behind uh, in matches, or or rather, even you know, if you do get a lead, you don't want to give the other team a, a, a you know a way in. Yeah, no, you're you're right there. Um, they're they are becoming tougher to be, but you can't be susceptible to giving up late leads like they have been. Um, as soon as Paws scored the goal, TFC were on their heels. Uh, and that's not a great thing at the 50th minute when you have to no. defend for 40 minutes, especially with no offense to Lawrence Uma, who played absolutely fantastic yet again. Uh, shout out to him. But that's not, that's not a great thing against New York City FC, and we paid for it. We were fortunate, actually, to maybe be tied uh, heading into the final uh, five, ten minutes of that game uh, when Richard, Richard Luria, I mean, great on him for getting behind the defender but i don't know what he was thinking mm-hmm. uh, poor guy uh, let's say i mean i feel like we should have a moment of silence for him <laughs> that was yeah poor one out yeah yeah that, that was disappointing for sure uh, i felt bad for him um but again yeah toronto fc they they needed sharpen up at the back there i think the insertion of omar gonzalez which i do expect will happen uh next time tfc hit the pitch mm-hmm. uh will make a big difference there yeah jeff go ahead i also think a one nil lead is kind of worthless in these one and done playoffs to take your foot off the the gas at one nil and try and see it out is suicide uh you know we've seen it in both games uh that there's uh that the foot comes off the accelerator after that opening goal and Mm -hmm. that's just inviting chaos i think uh you gotta you gotta go for the jungler uh, you know, get get it up to two nil, four nil, twelve nil, but never never <laughs> rest at, at a one nil uh, because it's 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 not even worth the uh, the paper on the score sheet. Uh, you gotta you just gotta keep pushing. I think that was a a case almost to be made for the single game playoff that I was thinking of last night was uh, once New York scored that second goal. Um, you know, if that's a, if that's a two-legged series, Toronto FC is happy to just bunker down and, and try and keep the draw. But this way, it kind of forced them to to go out there and and score the winner. So, um, you know, certainly that made this game more interesting. Again, we'll, we'll, we'll we're not going to make any sweeping statements about uh, the, the playoff format until we've seen it all the way through, probably a couple times. But uh, just one thing I was thinking of last night, uh, Benedict. Uh, I think our friend Tej, who's definitely listening at this point, will. Um, you know. <laughs> I don't know about murder is a strong word, but he will come after one of us if we don't talk about the way Arrow played in, in last night's match <laughs> um, on tonight's show. And I think it is actually um, worthy because, you know, again, with without Omar Gonzalez, Toronto FC's back line, not, not fully up to, um, you know, at least its health standards. But uh, Simon was good. But again, almost... 
my my main criticism of Auro, and it's the direct opposite of Richie Larea, Auro is very good defensively, but sometimes he gets too wide and he doesn't necessarily provide the directness that we've seen from him in the past. Um, in, in this match, you know, with, with the field dimensions, what they were, he got forced to be kind of in the middle, and he was pretty dominant at both ends of the field, wasn't he? Yeah, I think that that's how they should be playing Auro. I think Richie Larea is better at running at defenders and trying to get behind defenders, as you've seen mm-hmm. him do many times, including on the penalty yesterday. But I think Arrow is better uh, at sort of passing the ball around. and I think they're both good offensively, but I think Arrow is also a little bit um, better positionally defend- defensively. Mm-hmm. So I think um, the, the small pitch at Yankee Stadium, I think, suited him very well. City, city field. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. We've Same said it, garbage. Yeah, we've said it like twelve Same times. Same difference. <laughs> that's, that's the main story going in. But yeah, um, uh, before we uh, wrap up here, I did want to talk about Josie because once again, not in the eighteen. Again, he'll have a week to to recover this time versus four days. But I don't know. I'm starting to wonder a little bit um, whether or not we're we're going to see him in this playoffs and. You know, if we don't, what chance do you give Toronto FC against, um, you know, Atlanta or Philadelphia and then in a final? Do you think that they could potentially win um, MLS Cup without Josie Altador? And I guess how have your opinions changed over the, the next couple of games? Uh, we'll start with you, Jeff, and then go to Ben next. I don't I don't think he's coming back. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I think he would have been in the 18 uh, at least once, or, or mm-hmm. certainly last night, as a as a sort of a scare tactic. I don't think he's coming back. There's suspicion that that photo of him uh, on his social media in New York was actually taken months ago. But you know, Stone <laughs> Stevens does does live in New York City, so it's perfectly. Uh, I, I I don't I don't think we're going to see Josie. Um, I think the club's being cagey about this for obvious reasons, but I think he's uh, he's pretty injured, uh, and uh, you know they're saving him for hopefully next season, but uh, I, don't, I don't think he's come back. Ben, we'll go right to you. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think we're going to see him either. But I'm going to sort of go for the hot take here and say I think TFC can play well without him. I think they're currently riding a pretty good couple of games without Josie Altador in the lineup. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't see reason. I, don't know, I, can't see, I can't see reason, but I can't see reason why they can't win games without him. I think Alejandro Pizuela has been incredible in that false nine kind of role. Um, so I think obviously, obviously they're a better team with him in the lineup. Yeah, uh, I think they're doing just fine without him. Michael, you have anything to add here? Yeah, well, I don't disagree with you, Ben. Uh, TFC may be able to do it without Josie Altador. Um, I actually do think that we are going to see him on the bench at some point mm-hmm. uh, during this run. Uh, don't mess with the flow that's going on now, but would you rather see Patrick Mullins come off the bench or would you rather see Josie Alton come off the bench? <laughs> I, think, uh, right? I think we uh, don't need to go around the table to uh, get the answer. So, so Josie Alton did, you know, train with Toronto FC last week. Um, he, Greg Vanny told us before the match that he's been unable to kick a ball or strike a ball, mm-hmm. um, which we have a week in between matches. Mm-hmm. For there's for Josie Altador to be able to come off the bench for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, it's possible. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him come off the bench there. And if he if he does, I, I like Toronto FC's chances regardless of where we are. Um. With that said, 
if I had to choose one, and I'm going to jump the gun here, if I had to choose one, uh, I'd rather play Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. That's just because of the probably field? the... Uh, well, the field, one thing, and you also have the X factor in Joseph Martinez with with Atlanta United, and he's mm-hmm. he's probably a striker that Toronto FC haven't seen yet, and that caliber of striker, at least uh, who's healthy enough to play a full ninety, at least. Uh, no discredit to Wayne Rooney, who I think is more of a midfielder now with TCNA not necessarily having a pure striker with him. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, and Toronto FC have also won at. At, uh, at Philadelphia's uh, stadium again this year, they won three uh, one back yeah. in Maine. While they they got golden, blown at it, yeah, golden boot winner Michael Bradley. That was, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they uh, they lost two nothing in Atlanta this season. Well, I mean, obviously different sides and everything like that, but yeah, we'll see. Jeff, I want Atlanta. Uh, this this year is all about <laughs> narratives. Uh, mm-hmm. If you remember decision day last year, we took their points record away from them. Yeah. I want to take their defending MLS championship away from them in their own house without Josie Altador and just silence all the pundits that have been calling for our downfall for going on a month now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want that narrative. I realize it's the tougher game and it's the tougher matchup, but uh, bring it on. Bring on Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Ben, do you have a do you have a take on this before we wrap up here? Yeah, I agree with Jeff. I think bring on Atlanta. I think I think also having Atlanta might put a bit more pressure on DFC as well, which will sort mm-hmm. of entice them to play maybe play a bit harder, play a bit better, and and maybe get into that tasty MLS Cup final against Seattle. TFC <laughs> step up during big games. Yeah, it's true. Jeff uh, Jeff has one more point, I guess. Also, Atlanta is wounded at the back. Uh, Miles Robinson's probably not coming back. Uh, their, you know, their 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 back line's a bit of a, a bit of a sort of a, a, a patch job right now. Um, so I think the opportunity is there to to put egg on their face in front of seventy five thousand screaming, upset uh, Atlanta United fans, and <laughs> I, I think that's that would be great. All right, yeah, I think uh, you know, I think for different reasons, there's there's reasons why you would want to play both teams. Obviously, the narrative di- dictates Atlanta, and that would probably be the better match. Uh, you know, not having to play on turf and and the travel probably says that Philadelphia would be a little better for Toronto FC. Um, and you know, on the Josie Altador case, um, well, again, I'm I'm growing in suspicion that we see him again. Um, like Michael said, if he's you know at all ready to go. We've seen what he's able to do with injury before, and uh, it's pretty spectacular. So he's he's one of those players that would make all the difference, even if he's only playing for for 20 minutes in in a game like this. Um, but I think we'll we'll wrap up the show there. We'll have a few more of these now guaranteed before um, you know the end of the season, and, and hopefully multiple. So um, this has been a, another great chat on Waking the Red Playoff Roundtable Edition of the Footy Talks podcast, and have a great weekend, folks.